Hello and welcome to the Art Podcast. My name's Tom Cox and who the bloody hell am I and why am I making this podcast? Well, I am a 31-year-old South London-based artist um, and I've been selling my paintings and prints for the last seven or so years full-time. About a year ago, I decided it would be a good idea to get my own retail unit and turn it into a studio and gallery. So in this space, I sell my work and I also sell the work of my favourite artists. So I'm using this podcast to connect um, and unravel some of the more interesting parts of the art world. I want to talk to people, artists, gallerists and everyone that keeps the cogs moving um, and hopefully share some inspiration with you guys and a little bit of knowledge on how this industry works. I've been in it for 10 years and I still feel like I'm only just scratching the surface. First up, I'm speaking with my good friend David Taylor. He's a South London-based contemporary landscape painter, and I think you're going to enjoy this episode as he's got plenty of fantastic ideas and insights. So enjoy. Thank you, David, for being my first guest. No, oh, thank you, Tom. Thanks for inviting me uh, over to take part in this. Yeah, and um, it's the sort of pilot episode of this podcast, um, so... Forgive us if there are some uh, audio um, or technical issues as we record. So, um, David, why don't you just start off and tell us um, how you came to be an artist? Well, it was um, partly due to a a breaking career, really. I'd been an architect for... Uh, quite a while, and um, there was a significant change in in the market, which meant that I uh, wanted to take some time out. So I thought I'd do what I enjoy, which was painting, and started painting, not really knowing that I would have a a career out of it. But uh, I was spotted at an, uh, an early stage, within twelve months of actually beginning to paint. I got spotted by um, a central London gallery to exhibit with them, which was uh, amazing. I couldn't believe it. And uh, Which gallery was that? It was the Medici Gallery in in Cork Street. So I did two shows with them, and that was a sort of a catapult to uh, where I am today. Yeah. And so you're uh, you're based in West Dulwich. Um, I am, yeah. Obviously, so we met each other at the... uh, the, I think it was the Brixton... The Brixton um, uh, Urban Art. The Urban Art Fair, yeah. So um, this is a South London um, street exhibition where people on a residential street in Brixton, they, they kind of get their artworks and hang them up on the fence. Um, and it's a really great uh, community event organised by a gentleman called Tim Sutton. Um, so, yeah, we were, we were next door mm. to each other and I think it was one of my first exhibitions outside of university mm. and, uh, and, and we got on like a house on fire and yeah, I think we've yeah, kind yeah. of stayed in touch ever since. Yeah, well, funny enough, that, the Brixton Urban Art was where I actually got spotted. Okay. That was where uh, a young lady came along and she said, oh, I like your work. And I said, oh, thank you, you know. And she said, can I take pictures? So she took pictures and uh, have you got a card? So I gave her a card. I didn't think anything of it. I thought she was just an artist, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then a week later, I got the email asking me if I wanted to exhibit with the the Medici. So it was just unreal, really. And is that gallery, did they have a history with the Medici family or is it just the name? I'm really not sure. I don't know. Yeah. I wish I, I could uh, know more. But unfortunately, due to the um, 
the redevelopment of Court Street, yeah. uh, the gallery closed. I think the, the leases were up and it had been there for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I did some research on the gallery and I believe that uh, the Medici Gallery was once uh, a cafe where artists used to uh, congregate. Which is a shame we don't have that kind of atmosphere today, really. I yeah. think a lot of artists now become very insular yes, and very solitary, you know. So mm. I think it's great if you can have those places where artists get together and share, you know, their um, ideas, etc. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, it doesn't exist. Yeah, well, I suppose it's one of those, um, you know, we have such an online community now. Um, yeah, that's an interesting point that you make about um, the kind of like collective um, experience of being an artist. Uh, in my personal experience, I feel like uh, we, when we get together and when we're sharing ideas is generally when we're exhibiting together and when we're, when we're doing our own thing, when we're putting on our own shows. Hmm. Um, but the, yes, I suppose London's such an enormous place. There's no obvious single point to converge as artists. I think yeah. we have our own individual... Sort of, yeah. London's so big, but I think at that time most of the galleries were probably around the area, so it, it probably was like a magnet for for artists, like maybe Soho, for example. But for some reason, it seemed to be uh, Mayfair, which mm. is uh, quite uh, a sort of. Um, <laughs> what do you say when you know the artists are generally struggling when they originally start you yeah. know and they're actually congregating in a place that's yeah. known to be very wealthy so that yeah. was kind of interesting i suppose yeah definitely so um going back so we've spoken a little bit about how we first met um you actually have had um a couple of careers prior to being an artist mm. um and so one that you told me that you actually very rarely speak about um, is the fact that you were actually a champion figure skater. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I find was, this yeah. amazingly fascinating um, yeah. and always uh, interesting to hear about. So, I mean, how, how did that come to be a part of your life and how do you think that that influences the art that you make now, if at all? Well, art is art and what kind of art you do is uh, it's all got connection you know whether you're a painter whether you're a singer a writer or in my case a, a skater it's it's considered to be an art you know mm -hmm. and um i skated from the age of eight and uh, didn't realize that would also become a career and uh, i turned professional at 27 which was quite late mm -hmm. But uh, I was a pair skater. I was a British uh, junior champion pair skater. And my partner had already joined uh, the company which we worked for, which was Holiday on Ice. And um, what, Sorry, what, what's a pair skater? A uh, pair skater is a couple skating together. Oh, sorry, right. I yeah. was literally thinking sorry, of the yeah. fruit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. No, a pair skater. You've got yeah. ice dance and then yeah. you've got pair skating where you you lift and jump and spin and whatever yeah. they're two separate sections of the, of the sport yeah. but anyway I, I ended up joining holiday and ice to skate with her yeah. and uh we did three world tours i mean it's incredible like you went to the, such a such a high level of skating and you said you became british world champion no british champion oh, british champion sorry mm. yeah obviously british world champion mm. it's not the same thing yeah um oh that's some fantastic so and and how do you think that that part of your life influences mm. if at all what you do now well i think without doubt the experience of travel visiting so many different places you know i mean you name it i've probably been there 
stood at the top of Victoria Peak in Hong Kong, stood at the top of the uh, the Cocovada in Rio de Janeiro, and you know those places uh, left an impression on my mind, mm. especially uh, in Israel around the Dead Sea, which is a really atmospheric area. It's it's just amazing, you know. It's very barren, very mm. dry. And all these places that I visited are probably deep in my my memory. And when I'm painting, certain things come to light, and, I, and it starts to remind me of various places that I've been to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're doing a series now on, on your uh, you know your your forest series, which is yeah. a result of your trip to where was it? Uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's obviously had a, a, an effect on you, you that you wanted to paint it. Absolutely, and it's yeah, it's, it's really interesting that you said that as. As you were speaking and talking about the different places that you visited, um, you know, from my own experience of traveling, I, I know that whenever I go to different countries, I'm always amazed at the different quality of light. Yes, and that exactly, is a hundred percent a very big factor in your work. Yeah. Um, when I look at the paintings that we've got in the gallery now, mm. looking across them, you know, you've 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 handled the light very sensitively, but the way that you've got the different hues of color and the different intensities of light, um, you know, that I can relate to my own experiences of travelling and seeing light in different countries and seeing sunsets in different countries, um, the different atmosphere, um, you know, the different humidity and how that affects, hmm. you know, what you can see, basically. Yeah, and I can definitely see that in your work. Yeah, I mean, light is an important uh, part of painting. Uh, without light, you don't get any contrast, yeah, and uh, I think that the essence of painting is trying to capture light. Uh, I'm not saying that I, I you know, I've, I've, <laughs> I'm sort of do it perfectly, but I'm trying to sort of really work on that aspect of of, of my painting. And uh, without, you know, you've got to get some variety in the work, so it can't all be very dramatic and heavy. You've got to get some lightness in there too, but. Um, Initially, that is my main thought, to be able to capture that contrast of dark and light using the power of light. Yeah. So going to um, your, your, the work that you create, um, you know, they're, I would say, abstract. Um, mm. They're not of a definitive landscape. Yeah. They are definitely of yeah. landscapes. Yeah. Um, when you start each work, what's your, what is your starting point when you've got your blank canvas? What, what thoughts are going through your mind? Uh, that's a really good question because uh, at that point, it, my mind's blank. I, I want to just get some paint on the canvas, just get it on there, normally with some music, which is really empowering. And I just sort of really go really quite crazy with the first initial layout. Yeah. And then stand back, take a look and start to see forms and shapes where I can develop that into something which is going to be an interesting image. I'm not a figurative painter. I don't want to be a figurative painter. Mm. If you see a beautiful scenery, I think, you know, you take a photograph. You don't need to have it painted, really. It's not my not my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to keep the whole thing very fluid and very sort of mysteri- mysterial. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's that quality that I like rather than the figurative work. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's Is where it mysterious? We Mysterial, mysterious, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> we're artists. My, my new name. <laughs> I'm, also, I'm also considered to be dyslexic. Okay. Yeah. Which is, I won't go there. Yeah. It's given, a, it's given, 
that's giving too much away. It's <laughs> all right, you're recording now, mate. You've already given it away. All right. So we've spoken a little bit about um, your experience as a figure skater uh-huh. um, and how that gave you the opportunity to travel, see the world and experience um you know, the various vistas um, that you think you still carry with you now whilst you're whilst mm. you're approaching your work. Mm-hmm. Um, you also, after you finished figure skating, wh- what age were you when you stopped as a figure I skater? Was 41. 41. Which, to be at that level of figure skating at 41 is quite impressive. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it keeps you fit and, yeah. you know, time went so fast. Time went so fast I didn't uh, expect to, to be there that long. I was there 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, then after this, you moved and trained to become an architect, is that No, right? I'd already been an architect oh, prior, right, okay. prior to that. Um, and then when I came back after 15 years, it was a bit of a challenge to know really what to do. Uh, but anyway, a friend of mine who had run a practice in uh, in central London offered me a job, which I'd known from my uh, studies. We studied together, and uh, he invited me in there to to uh, to work with him, which was uh, a great opportunity, which I did. And um, I think it was I was there for ten years, mm-hmm. and then uh, change of circumstances mean I wanted to take a break. Yeah. which I told you before, and that was the introduction into breaking back into art. I mean, I'd always wanted to to study art, but it wasn't considered to be a profession as such, you know, yeah. because... Uh, I think that's still the case in yeah. many people's minds today. <laughs> I, I think, you know, when your son or your daughter says they want to be a, 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 an artist, I'm sure the parents think, well, they'd rather do, the, uh, rather do something else which is more considered more professional and more lucrative, you know. Yeah, but, and, and did your parents ever have that, um, yeah, say that kind of stuff yeah, to you? Yeah, and that was the reason why I thought, well, I like art, art, you've got to be good at art to be an architect. So I went down that route uh, as opposed to uh, going to art college. But I think it was kind of interesting because it gave me a good perspective. You know, when when you're you're an architect, you you need to be able to draw perspective. Mm -hmm. And um, that structure, that basic structure, I think follows through in my work now. Because unless you've got the art of, of perspective, you, you you don't create those images that you you know you you're really seeking to to uh, to do. Well, that's really interesting that you say that because um, obviously perspective exists across what, whichever subject you're doing. Um, but you know, having personally been a, a painter of the urban landscape, it was very very dramatically obvious in mm. an urban landscape yeah. where the perspective lines are. Yeah, uh, and so. To see your work now, I can totally understand what you're saying, but the perspective is almost coming through uh, in the light and in the um, mm-hmm. the direction of mm-hmm. the light mm-hmm. uh, and the way that you can see it um, cutting through the clouds yeah. and over the landscapes and stuff. Um, so, like you said, at the start of your uh, process, when you're attacking the canvas and getting everything very mm-hmm. energetically down... Um, at what point do you start to think about the perspective or does that naturally come in? Um, no, I, I think one, once they've got that initial paint on the canvas, you start to evolve the, the painting and you you start to pick out the points where you want the perspective to go. And um, it's sort of, it's a natural process, I think. 
I think when you when you're working, um, you, you you sort of your natural ability starts to seek out how that painting is going to form, <clears throat> and um, it evolves over a period of time. I might work on a piece for two or three days. I might put it down and turn it against the wall because I don't want to see it. And then maybe three weeks later, I'll pick it up and I'll have another go. But I think it's important to have that break because. You know, your eyes tire and you're, 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 you, you can change your direction if you leave it for a, a week or so. Mm-hmm. You put it back on the, on the easel and you think, well, no, maybe I could take it this way and it'll change direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the creative process. Uh, I think uh, I don't. I don't think I. I could work on one piece solidly from beginning to end. I think it, it's it's good to have that break periods where you let your your mind settle, and then you you revisit it and see it in a different light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like you're you're masticating. You're you're kind of trying to digest what what it is that that individual piece is is saying to you and what it requires. Mm. Yeah. And uh, and in the meantime, figuring out some other paintings. Mm, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I normally have at least seven, eight on the go at any one time, yeah. which is uh, spreading your energy across all eight canvases rather than trying to get it all into one, which would probably be an overkill. I think yeah. it's good to spread your energy over several canvases and let each canvas evolve the way it wants to evolve. Do, do you find that... Um, because often I, I can be, especially now that I've got the gallery and I paint here, I can be quite, um, you know, I have to focus in on specific works purely because I need to keep the space clean for, mm, for mm. people who come and visit. Well, yeah, it's um, got to be the cleanest studio got... space ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. And it's, it's one of those things that actually I do find that I'm influenced by what I'm surrounded by. Um, and now I'm surrounded by a whole plethora of different artists Mm. um and a a large body of my work including my prints and things like that so sometimes it can be quite chaotic in terms of uh keeping my voice Mm. i suppose my my uh my direction um i feel like sometimes things can interrupt that and uh and i guess what i'm asking is do you find that being by being in this continual state of evolution, mm. by surrounded by seven or eight works at a time, at a certain point, one is completed and, the, and then, you know, a new one is started. But in the meantime, there's this continuation because you have the other works mm-hmm. that are in the middle that are still in process. And mm. so your your chain of influence and your chain of, of style is is unbroken in a way mm-hmm. as you're creating that work. Mm-hmm. Well, I think an artist has a style. Each artist has a style. It's like handwriting. No two people write the same. And I think the way you apply the paint is, is going to give you your distinctive style. And ho- hopefully that, that's what we, we seek to achieve because you can say, oh, yeah, that's a Tom Cox or, yeah, that's a David Taylor. And it's nice to get that recognition that people actually can see that it is a particular artist like you get with Van Gogh or with... Yeah with Turner or any of the masters, you can uh, normally tell that it's of that that artist, which is, you know, follows through today. Uh, Every artist tries to develop their own style. And, you know, sometimes people say, oh, why don't you think of doing something different? 
you know, but to me, it's, you just can't change and do something different. It's that painting comes from the soul, you know, mm. and uh, it, it's got to be what you feel rather than just change. Because why change if you know if you like what you're doing and people like your work enough to buy it? That's that's the uh, job done, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I generally think, and this is what I say to people all the time, you know painting is the passion you know if if you get mm. the enjoyment from putting the paint on the canvas and you found a you found yourself in a position where people are enjoying what you're doing you're enjoying what you're doing mm-hmm. you know happy days there's yeah. that's that is success in my mind exactly, you know yeah. if you've got to the area where you're you you're in the playpen you've got the toys you're mm-hmm. having fun yeah and people are coming and buying that yeah why happy days the, why throw the toys <laughs> out <laughs> don't throw toys out of the pram <laughs> exactly um so yeah i mean it's funny when you you say that though because sometimes i feel like i've got multiple personality disorder because <laughs> you know that i've changed um subjects a few times in the last couple of years well no but you change um, subject but you can still see the way the paint's applied it's applied in a tom cox way yeah you know what i mean it, it might be mountains or it might be a, a forest a jungle scene but it, it's still recognizable because of the way you apply the paint yeah yeah yeah, it's true. I mean, I, sometimes I'm like, I mean, going, going from the ink and quite like flat surfaces to now mm. very uh, palette knife. Mm. and. Uh, mm. But yeah, I, I feel like my style is in continual flux. Um, but I, I quite enjoy that. I, well, I, 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 all artists move on, you know. What, yeah. what they're doing now might be uh, uh, very different to what they're doing in five, ten years' time. Yeah. But it's still recognisable yeah. as, as, as your style, which I think is important to keep that. Yeah. But the subject matter, you know, can vary, but it's the, it's the way the paint's applied, I think, that's what's uh, important to maintain that, that individuality. Yeah. So how do you see your career at the moment um, as an artist? Do you have places that you'd like to take it? Um, do you set yourself goals and deadlines or do you let it be a sort of I try, more of an organic process? No, I try to keep it organic, which is sometimes difficult when you've got galleries uh, calling you asking for work and as if you're a machine, really. And asking you to paint uh, peach landscapes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems to have gone quite well, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, 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 I'm not going to lie. I absolutely love them. <laughs> <laughs> you um, you can feel under pressure, uh, and you know I, I don't want that pressure to affect the work. You know, because yeah. I'm not a machine. I can't create work just because uh, people find it lucrative. I want each piece to be an individual piece, and I don't let it go until I'm happy with it. Mm. Um, but there again. <laughs> When is a painting finished? You know, you can keep going forever and ever and ever, but you get to a certain point where you think, no, I have to stop because it might take a few more brushstrokes and you'll you'll lose the magic that you've created. Yeah, but it's knowing when to come off it. At that, that do you still um, do you still struggle with that, or do you feel like now you've gotten a, a better intuition on 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 when you found your piece? Well, with when that? when you say, do I struggle with it? I think what it is, it's it's satisfaction it, it's 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 pushing yourself that you think you can do better you know and it, it it's that process which actually so, sometimes can strangle the artist because you're never really happy with what you do you, you you're satisfied but you're never really happy but i think if you don't have that driving force to continue then uh, you know that's the time to probably to 
to give up. Mm. And I think it's that force that you want to improve. You, this, you start a painting and you think, this might be my masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how many of the, the so-called masters of art have actually got their favourite piece. Obviously, it's too late now. Most of them, well, they're all dead. But, <laughs> you know, to be able to say that, that is the, the best piece I've produced... Oh, that is that mm. is a tough one. I'm just thinking personally, like mm. what is what is my masterpiece? Mm. Do we get do we get to decide? Well, does, does, so does far, society so, decide? So, for so us? far, I've got in my mind my masterpiece. Yeah, and and where is that? Where well, is that today? Funny enough, I sold it <laughs> to somebody that I knew. Yeah, oh, so, so you can still go and see. Yeah, it. because I I feel that there might be a time when I, I might want to actually buy it back. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I consider that piece to be one of my uh, best pieces. It was a metre square. Yeah. And the lady fell in love with it and uh, she, I knew her prior to uh, her buying it. And she, she's still happy with, over the moon with it, you know, so I think it's there to stay. But it, it's nice to know that, you know, what you consider to be a masterpiece, you know where it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you can at go least, back to it. yeah, you can track it. You yeah. can track it down if need be. Because um, yeah, it's, it's quite amazing that sometimes when I, I've sold a painting to a client, and uh, maybe five or six years later they've come back to me to buy another one. And I remember on one occurrence, this I said, "Well, I'll deliver it for you if you want." It was a large painting, and she said, "Oh, that'd be great." So I delivered it, and she said, "Oh, do you, do you want to come in and see the other one that we've got?" So I said, "Oh, yeah, okay," not knowing which one it was walked into the house, into the dining room, and there it was. And it, it, it was kind of a weird feeling, really, because it had been painted about ten years ago. And I looked at it, remembered it quite instantly, really, but it was the the soul in the painting and what you were going through in your life at that time ten years ago affected the, 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 the work. Mm. And I looked at it, and it, it really brought back quite a lot of memories. It was quite interesting, that sort of... Um, combination of emotions personal emotions and the fact that there was a piece of art in somebody else's house it was almost like one of my kids that I'd, I'd sort of revisited after a long break it was it's quite interesting yeah so um being an artist does stir emotions yeah. uh, well for me i don't know whether it is for every artist but for me each each painting carries a part of my soul and wherever that painting goes the soul will go with it yeah I sometimes have to remind myself, well, not remind myself, I feel like at the moment with taking on the gallery, with the painting, with, uh, you know, everything that I'm doing and now I'm, I'm managing a member of staff, um, that painting is why I started, mm. why I started mm -hmm. doing all of it. And, mm -hmm. and painting didn't start as a business. Painting started purely because it was like my way of, of your passion, yeah. My passion, yeah. Mm. I, I, you know, hours and hours and hours in my bedroom as a teenager, yeah. painting and painting and painting, yeah. with no idea that I could even one day make a career out of it. Mm. Um, and now I feel like I spin so many plates, but then I have to be very um, <clears throat> organized and planned to allow myself to have that playtime. I think a lot of the time people say. I think a lot of the time people say, you know, if you're a full-time artist, it must be so great. You must get to paint all the time. Mm. Um, but actually, I don't think they quite realise what's involved. How much yeah. administration oh, yeah, exactly. and, and other peripheral things are, are needed, and how much time 
is sunk into that, I, I'd say probably 40% of my time or even 35 is actually painting and the rest is is the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you find that yourself? Well, um, I suppose it, it, it sort of depends on on your situation in life you're you're a lot younger than me and uh obviously i i've got myself more settled financially so i don't have that burden really of uh, having to um earn x amount of money per month to cover overheads um i work from home because i've got a good size studio it's uh, it's very practical to work from home it, it sometimes it has its disadvantages because uh, you can it's very solitary but um, each artist has to live. They've got they've got to they've got to pay their mortgage. They've got to they've got to live. So uh, I think it's good that in a way, you, yeah, you've maybe had to dilute your your time spent painting, but you've got a, a situation here where you, you can at least um, be more secure financially mm-hmm. uh, by becoming a gallery and selling other artists' work. And I think. Uh, I think good on you for doing that, really, because um, not a lot of artists would be able to do that. You've obviously got skills. You're a great communicator. You're you're a socialite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think that that's a good all rounder for you, Tom. I think you you you're going to do well. You're going to do very well. Thank you, David. I appreciate mm. that. I appreciate that. Um, okay, so. Your show is now on at my gallery um, until the 26th of June, mm-hmm. uh, 2022, uh, here in Crystal Palace. Um, we've got nine of your latest pieces. Um, we had one of your pieces in our last exhibition, the Peche Melange, mm-hmm. um, where I asked you to make some peach landscapes, which was quite different from my from normal your colour usual palette. palette. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was actually totally blown away by the results, absolutely loved it. And I know that when we spoke on the phone a few times, you said you were struggling a bit. Um, I was, yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was chatting to someone yesterday in the gallery who was looking at your work. And because the colours are almost sunset colours, but you still had the form of the daylight coming through the clouds. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, wow, he's really mm-hmm. had to negotiate between those two things. Well, there, there was, yeah. I feel like you've done it absolutely outstandingly. There was a tendency to paint a sunset, but uh, I find that a little bit sort of, it's a little bit twee for me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not into really painting strong sunsets uh, i'd rather like uh, an early morning glow rather than a, a sort of a uh, a typical sunset which yes. i think has been painted over the years over and over so many times but yes. sunsets always please people do like sunsets for sure but sure. it's never been one of my main styles of too uh, easy of work. <laughs> you know is it i don't know right yeah <laughs> we'll have to come around to that yeah but uh yeah right, there's okay so we, we've, we've gone on a little while now and um i just want to wrap up with a couple of things so um turner mm-hmm. everybody yeah who sees your work uh-huh. I, I i've had it about you know well, 20 you know- times over the last month they say are oh, very turner-esque yeah I, so, and you know so how much of his work influences your work and how much of it is chance uh, and what do you think the connection is between the two well it's quite strange really because when i was younger i had really really liked turner paintings and when i got the chance i would always go and see turner paintings 
And over the years, I've diluted my interest in, in Turner, but for some reason, people that come to see my work straight away say, oh, they've got a Turner quality. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I drive it that way. It must probably just, again, like the, the subject matter of things locked into my memory, the Turner paintings are probably locked in there as well and come out together as, a, as, as an image which has been there in my mind for a long, long time. But it, it's certainly not driven that way. I, I thought, oh, I've got a paint like Turner. It's not at all like that. In fact, it's totally the opposite. I don't even feel like I'm painting like Turner, but for some reason it has this effect when people uh, view the work, you know, which is kind of interesting, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I want to finish on this. Who's your favourite contemporary artist, living? Ooh, uh, that's a good question. There's quite a lot, actually. There's quite a few. Um, one of my favourite paintings is uh, a guy called Andrew Gifford, who's based in, in Brighton. He has got amazing work. And strangely enough, it's, it's very figurative, but it's the way he applies the paint. It's just absolutely superb. It's really, really good. It's a very thick application, which is amazing when you think of the price of paint. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, gone yeah. through the roof like everything else. But uh, it's lovely work. It's beautiful work. And uh, is it uh, landscapes as well? Or he's, a, it... he's a landscape painter. Yeah, but uh, very different to mine. But uh, an inspiration because he's also very good with uh, with light. Capturing light is uh, probably one of the best, in my opinion. Cool. All right, guys, I have cut the episode off there. That was basically the end of our conversation, but we started talking about some time-specific things. So if you want to find more about David Taylor, um, you can find a link to his work in the show notes. You can also find his work on Instagram. It's davidtaylorartist underscore. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you tune in next time. I'm planning on making these once every two weeks. So stay tuned and I'll see you next time.